Hail you Y2K babies. It is time to make us a mixtape. I'm Artie DeRosa. Paul Farvar here. And what we're going to do is we are going to go back in time to the year of 2000. Paul, if I was a uh, professional podcaster, I would have like what the best movies were that year and what the most successful TV shows and I'd have all that stuff. I don't. Uh, what were you doing in 2000? <laughs> Uh, 2000, I had just started, uh, I finished law school and, uh, was a, uh, lawyer. I was wow. starting to be a lawyer. Look at you. Full-time lawyer, part-time musician and, uh, playing in a band called Go Tom. Go Tom? Go Tom. It was a play on words cause there was a kid. I think a lot of your bands were play on words. Yeah. If, I, if I'm, uh, <laughs> if I'm incorrect, let me know. Yeah, no, that's, that's probably accurate. It was, uh, there was a kid named Go Tom that we grew up with, who was an Indian kid that we used to uh, harass in his name. So it was kind of like a play on words. Well, I'm sure he was very happy. Not happy at all from what I heard. And uh, Could you imagine if you made it big? It was a cover band mostly. But yeah, um, yeah that would have been bad. Uh, from what I understood, he was upset for a while, but I don't know why. I mean, it's go Tom, two words like, hey, go Tom. And Tom and Jerry, I love Tom and Jerry. Yeah. I was in a band called Uncle Listen, Pecos. That had all the, all the, all the setup of being a great band and yeah. being like, you know, hey. this is up. Would you guys have changed it like Pearl Jam instead of Mookie Blaylock? Uh, then, uh, no, we would have, st- it, it was a uh, go Tom. I'm hearing it right now. And I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't yeah. hate it. It's a good, it was a good name. We did, uh, brother Jimmy's, uh, for new year's Eve. I think that was one of our last shows or Joe's on weed. We opened for the love hammers. I think that was our last show. And then we called it quits April of 2000. Hey, what are you going to do? Then I started a Shushan Boy Productions. Wow. Music okay. All right. All right. This the isn't ashes. the last. This isn't the last dance. Paul. <laughs> what were you doing? Uh, laying on a couch, depressed as balls in Milwaukee. Uh, this was the worst year of my life. Okay. Uh, my ninety nine into two thousand, both worst years of my life. Uh, had some had some deaths in the family. Right. All sorts of fun stuff. Uh, living in Milwaukee by myself, all by myself. Very rarely went out. It was like I had Corona back then. I didn't. Yeah. I was self isolating. You were preparing uh, for this moment. I would go to the grocery store and get little uh, pizzas and burritos and fl- like like orange or strawberry or grape like like Fanta. How's living life to the fullest? Do you remember? Cable when- guy came. He goes, "You got twenty bucks?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "You want all the channels?" I go, "Fuck yeah!" And he gave me all the channels. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, the internet was in its infancy, so I do I go online a little bit, get some wrestling chat rooms, maybe some. You know, trying to get into some trouble, chat rooms, all legal. I've been watching yeah, so yeah. much To Catch a Predator, all legal. Right, uh, right, right. Um, although the other day I was thinking if I knew it was a To Catch a Predator bait, <laughs> how I would have text messaged them, like, you know what I to mean? To go back and forth? To, yeah, to just to be like, finally Change like, your plans. Dude, you're wasting my time. We're trying to catch bad guys. And I would have been like, <laughs> wait, don't hang up. Um, yeah, and and uh, let's see, music-wise, I don't think I went to one concert in Milwaukee. That's how depressed Summerfest? Didn't do Summerfest? No. Have you ever done Summerfest? Yeah, I hate it. It's really? I like it. too many people. It's the worst. I always feel like it was like the friendlier version of uh, like Chicago, Taste of Chicago. I think they always had stuff. better music. Yeah. Summerfest in Milwaukee. Amazing music, Always too. better music yeah. than Taste of Chicago. I remember uh, in 2000, I went to Summerfest, saw one of the bands who was on this list that I have. So I had a great time. It was one of the best fests I've been to. But then, you know, you know the first time you go to a fest you, or whatever you do, it's never the same when you go back. Never the same. Never Can't the go same. back. Can't but what back. you can do is message us your mixtapes. Paul, hit him with that email address. PaulMartyMix at gmail.com. Uh, we love the responses. We will talk, uh, go through the ones that you guys left for cover mixes. I know that was a very popular. People yes. had strong opinions strong. on that. I welcome all of them. Yeah. 
it, no one's right. No one's wrong. Uh, I think some we're are better, more right. Some are worse. Yeah. I always tell people, and there was a guy on Twitter who was asking us for opinions, and I, I said, you know, we can't, can't if we yeah. know, once you know what it is, you don't know what it is that makes it a star or a yeah. quality song. Yeah. You just know. And maybe one day you guys all can be music insiders like ourselves. What have you, uh, what, what kind of music have you been listening to? Um, I've still been listening to, I have a mixtape of a hundred songs that I put, uh, a hundred, hundred songs that I put, uh, on my, uh, iTunes mix list. Some of the songs, uh, from people and you who've recommended stuff or that I've heard on this podcast, other stuff that, uh, other people have recommended. Same, same stuff. How about yourself? Anything? What did I... What did I? Was that the Turnpike Troubadour? Seven, yeah, you seven, got me seven? that. I, I liked it not as much as some of your other recs in the past. Um, um, a lot of stuff that I'm still listening to stuff that uh, Joe Goodkin gave us and Jason Paul. Yeah, those were good. good. Those are some of the better mixes that we've had. Those um, were good. I think my my uh, yeah seven and seven by the Turnpike Troubadours and um, uh, Pat Reedy, Nashville, Tennessee at three a.m. You sent me that too. Yeah, and uh, those have been like my two of my favorites. Or Steak Night at the uh, at the Prairie Rose. Okay, uh, by Mike and the Moon Pies. Those have okay. been my my three. Favorite songs of the three the... for me actually I could say is Nathaniel Rateliff, Mavis, Waxahachie, um, that one of their songs, and also Gaslighter. Still listening hey, to that a lot. There that you, you go. gave me. So. There you go. Right on, man. And uh, I've been listening. I'm watching uh, movie records that you did you, as well. You watched the Eagles documentary. Yeah, one sitting. One sitting. You're, you're well, a machine. It's it's uh, tricky. Part one and part two. The part one and part two. Part three is just the concert. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing of that. Yeah. I watched one song that I wanted to see. Did you then watch the Blue Jean Committee two-part episode on Documentary Now? I started watching the Blue Jean Committee last night. I saw that movie last week. It's brilliant. Yeah, there's a lot of... And fresh off the documentary. They have the same manager. I have to look at it. The legit same manager, because I'm like, oh my God, that's... And I didn't catch it first time around, but after watching, I go, oh yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Same, the legit manager of the Eagles. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a badass now. He like owns half the world, so... Yeah, I thought it was a good movie, good representation. Definitely doesn't make uh, Glenn Fry look well. Yeah, um, it's pretty. And Will Hader or Bill Hader uh, sort of plays him in the yeah. documentary now, which is on Netflix. Uh, of just like he just all he cares about is money. Yeah, and it's just like I, uh, music. Who cares? <laughs> I just want money, and I'm a, I'm a big tough guy. I had a dream, uh, a lot of weird dreams during this time frame. But one of the weird ones I had after seeing that movie was that they remade Miami Vice uh, in Chicago. With Don Johnson and Philip, what's his name? Philip Thomas. Yeah. The other guy. Philip Michael Thomas. Tuss, Philip Michael Thomas. Th- Thomas. I kept wanting to say Philip Seymour Hoffman. I would almost say but that. that's not him. That's what I said too. And playing the role of Glenn Fry was me. I, I got, I had the part. Smugglers Blues. <laughs> He was like uh, an undercover. He, a, he was a cop. He yeah, he had a boat and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had that kind of wavy hair that I had, and and I yeah. and I had a dream that you got I an interesting hair situation. going Yeah, right, on right now, now it's pretty goofy. It's um, real, real good. But I had a dream. I went to the the place that we always audition. You and I both yeah. go. And, PR. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give a oh, shout okay, out. But okay. I. She was like, "You are. You are a young Glenn Fry. This is a perfect thing." I will say, <laughs> the other day, I got into some. I got into some videos as I as I often do when I get a little buzz, and I did watch Smuggler's Blues. Uh, Doesn't hold up. <laughs> no, it's cool. It, Sarah was like, "What is this? Is this like a movie?" I'm like, "It's like an episode of Miami Vice jammed into a video." It's funny because on the podcast before you, you, we've had guests 
and you shit on Don Henley. And, uh, it's just boring. Yeah, but I, I still... Gonna get down to the heart of the matter. Those are great songs. And it's just like, I just songs. see them and I'm like, who's going to these concerts? Yeah. And, and then did you see just the the white people magic <laughs> at those reunion oh, yeah. shows? Oh my God. That's when you call it quits. Those, That's white, when you're people, like, oh. those white people in the crowd were just having Living their best the lives. time yes, of their life. Horrible. Probably drinking wine in the parking lot. Yep. Oh man! It's like uh, everywhere was like Ravinia twenty four. Yeah, there's probably like uh, <laughs> people breaking into every car and just steal. Just they probably left like their wallet. I don't want to sit on my wallet at the Eagles concert. I'm gonna leave it on the dashboard. And then like when it gets stolen, they're like, "Well, who would do this?" All these Jeep Cherokees have been broken yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, and after they're all doing the click, 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 trying to get which which car is theirs. It's a, it was a good movie. Good recommendation. They were such a fucking rocking band at the top of that documentary. It was, uh, and then money just made them fucking <sighs> soft millionaires. Yeah, yeah, lot of a uh, lot of turns I didn't know about, um, and I and I find myself as a music insider to be knowledgeable about the Eagles, and yeah. I learned a lot, and uh, doesn't change my opinion of them. I think they're still fine band. And uh, then I was I was watching <laughs> uh, Rock and Roll Jeopardy. There's not a lot of episodes of Rock and Roll Jeopardy from the VH1. Yeah, late oh, 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a a couple episodes on YouTube, and the final Jeopardy was the uh, uh, Sam Peckinpah wanted to do a movie based on this Eagle song, and everyone put Hotel California. It's Desperado, baby. Oh yeah, I got that. Huh? Yeah. I wanted to be on that show. A friend of mine's older sister yeah, was on it. Yeah, you would have crushed. You would have crushed pretty hard. It's so wild. Like I listen to it. I watch it now. And it's like music was so small back then. Mm-hmm. Like it was like pop, classic rock, and a little rap. Yeah. And that's it. Easy to remember. Easy everything. to remember. Now it would be like, there's just, it's just, it's too, too much. much it got too big. Music got it, too big. Yeah. But 2000 was a year um, before it got too weird. I mean, it was a introduction of a lot of things. And, I, was, uh, I was thinking the other day if 9-11 never happened, if the, if the 2000s would have just been like more 90s. They would have never change. Just more nineties. More grunge wouldn't die. Eh, it was already dead. It was already. It was already dead. Out. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of grunge albums that came out the, post the year. Post grunge, but post-grunge. Pearl Jam put out an album that year. Yeah, and uh, but this is when we were dealing with you know new metal, which surprisingly enough, uh, I I wasn't I didn't go hard. I on the new metal. was shot. I made a list of what I thought Marty would have on the list. I was only right about one song. Okay. Um, I will say that on your list, I thought for sure you would have Nine Days Story of the Girl. You know what? Story of a Girl. There might have been a time <laughs> when that was on there. For sure thought you'd Famously have- Famously on 120 Minutes. I thought you would have Toby Keith. Uh, How You Like Me Now. One of the greatest videos of all time. He's wearing the most beautiful <laughs> women's sweater uh, yep. turtleneck. Yeah. And I also thought, uh, I was right about one. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. And I thought for sure you would have. Uh, actually, I was right about two. Uh, I thought for sure you'd have Papa Roach or Limp Biscuit on there. No, close. I, I thought about it. I, I also thought about Weedest Teenage Dirtbag. That was on my list. That hey. was on my maybe list. Hey. Uh, in fact, uh, that was the very next song that that uh, didn't make the list. And uh, Bloodhound Gang's Bad Touch. Oh yeah, okay. But I kept seeing ninety nine, so I, I said, you know what? Let's keep it. Uh, Let's keep it legit. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to mess up the process. And speaking of the process, Paul, we have a first. Okay. My first song is also one of your songs. Yes. For the first time ever in Make Us a Mixtape history, we have have the same song. The Venn Diagram. Yes. Dude, when I saw this song, it jumped right out at me. I'm going to hit play and we'll talk about it. Yes. 
Everyone knows it right now. The Dandy Warhols, Bohemian Like You. And I had this at number one. I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, upset you didn't have it at number one. This is how you start a tape or a, or a CD or a, a mix nowadays. Well, I, I had it on four on my list um, only because I have a lot of slower stuff going on. And I just felt uh, the way that I start mine makes a lot of sense because it's an upbeat song as well. And um, yeah, I, I, it was definitely if if my number one wasn't on the list, this would have been the starter. So. Yeah, this when I saw it on there, I was like, oh shit! And uh, if you haven't seen Dig, Dig is one of the best music documentaries you will ever see. What's uh, it about? It's about uh, the Danny Warhols and the Brian Jonestown massacre. Oh yes, I, I did see that, dude. And that Brian Jonestown massacre is such a good band. Too. Yeah, and, and like so, this is this band that should have been gigantic, uh, lead singer, total like rock star, but. They would just clearly he's mentally ill or was yeah. mentally ill. Hope he's doing okay now. But they would they would have these showcases and have all these record labels and they would get in fistfights on stage. Not eagles like I'm gonna fight you after yeah, the yeah. show. They would no, like I'm really be you. upset, dude. Wild. Yeah, but this song was the epitome of that year. I just remember it would come on the radio and you would just pl- you're like excited to hear it. It, could, it was on a lot. It was did on you every any, rotation. Did you own any of their albums? Uh, I think uh, my roommate did at the time. See, I feel like you didn't have to because Q101, our alt station, played the shit out of this. And And XRT. XRT paid a lot, too. And uh, like between this and the uh, uh, Not If You Were the Last Junkie on Earth video and everything. Oh, yeah. That's a game show and stuff. Yeah. they were they. They're great. They were. This was a song that we we tried to cover in my band too, and it was just, it was such a good energy song. People loved it, and it, and, and and it's two thousand. It's the. It was probably one of the best songs of that year. I feel like this song was also used in so many, uh, TV and movies, TV shows and movies. Yes, it still is. Yeah, I, th- I feel like it it's comes great, up a man. lot. It's a good song good for them. It still holds up. Yeah, there's a couple songs on here that I put on my list because I'm like, if this came out today, it would still sound good and and be pretty big so are is it fair to say that your list of songs because this is where i drew the line of songs that i felt were representative of 2000 or songs that held up and for me i kind of kept it to the year 2000 because my first song actually is not a song that kind of held its own to say the least it's not definitely but it was 2000 for me yeah i think some of these were just like when they were on it was like, oh shit, or the yeah. video, oh shit, uh, or the artist. It was like, ooh, yeah, cool, um, yeah. Like for me, I'm not like the biggest Andy Warhol's fan. I, I appreciate him. I'm sure there's more songs sure. if I went down their catalog, I'd like. Um, eh, but I'm just, I just, okay. I just dig the radio songs yeah, yeah. and the videos. Um, but no, this is if if I was going by why I picked this, it was just like this was just like an unavoidable song for the year for the year and and that's how i feel about my first song too because it was all over the radio and it just made me appreciate uh this band again everyone knows the song and you either love it or you hate it uh here's my number one from 2000 Like right when I hit play, I go, of course this is one of his songs. <laughs> of course. Steal My Kisses by Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. I always thought that was the best band name. Yeah. So 
you couldn't go anywhere and not hear this song. It was on every station. Every Known station. To man. Yeah. And and so it's one of those songs where I was a big Ben Harper fan at the time. I still am. I just don't I don't listen to him as much as I used to. But at the time this song came out, I was like, wow. And it was I mean, I covered it in like fifty fucking bands. And he it was, was it was he, a great song. He was like such a favorite of music magazines mm-hmm. and awards and shit like that. Um is there a video for this song? Uh yeah. There's a video for a few songs on this album. So and uh it was just him and his band. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah, I remember I he was just recall. people really, and it was like there was that group of musicians that like you get like your Rolling Stone. They're gonna have the big cover story on, so it's year two thousand. So maybe like, hey, who's this Destiny's Child band or boy bands or you know the Pop Princesses or whatever? And then they later in the back there'd be like, oh Ben Harper, man, this is what it's all about. Like yeah. They would have articles about. He was ben everyone's Harper. favorite. I think he just kind of burned out because he put out so much content in so little time. If you go to that period of time in the late nineties, early aughts, he had shit all over the place and he did solo stuff and he did projects with different things he did a you know a project with the blind boys of alabama he did a bunch of shit and it was just over over oversaturated and you know who else came along that i think kind of fucked stuff up for him his wife no (laughs) uh jack johnson oh yeah i think jack johnson stole his thunder Jack Johnson got really big, fast, and they were kind of like along the same. I think they played together. I would a bunch of so. shows. Wouldn't that suck uh, if they're like, you guys have you have the same like you have to play together. You're like yeah. the same kind of fans. And you're like, I don't like that guy. It's kind of weird because you know Rodeo Clowns was a, a G Love song and G Love and the special G Love. Shocked you didn't have any G Love on. Here. Yeah, you love G Love. Right? I did at that time, but it was ninety uh, nine was yeah. the album Philadelphonic, which was holds a special place for me. Okay. Steel, this album, by the way, there was like four or five songs that I was deciding on that I liked better from this year. But this was, I mean, this was the album song that everybody came to. Burn to Shine was also very popular. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I think maybe the video was for that. Okay. But um, I don't remember a video for this. I'm sure there, there's a had to one. I feel like there was. Although but, he'd be one of these guys who have like just live clips, like yeah. clips live or back, and then backstage or being silly on the tour bus. Yeah. I, was, I was like... When it was a phone-in video, I always liked when bands were like, "Yeah, this is the video," and it's like, "This song's huge. You have to make a new video." And they're like, "Oh fuck, okay." I just got Hulu, and there's uh, the classic video station. Have you seen what? That? Do you have Hulu? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's is it Hulu game TV? Changer. It's it's the basic Hulu, whatever that okay. is. You go to classic videos. Uh oh. But here's a problem. Uh oh. If you start, it starts over. It's just one loop. Okay. Oh, okay. it has like you hundred songs. Yeah, like whatever. Yeah, How like, quick did you burn through? To you're like, all right, now I've seen all these. I fell. I go to sleep to it now, and I wake up, and I'm just like, oh, I've already seen all these. So I don't know how. I don't know how many are on there, but there's some Beatles stuff that I haven't seen, okay. and I'm not a huge, sure, sure, sure. you know, whatever Beatles guy. But I was like, holy shit, that's really cool. Uh, a lot of Bruce, a lot of Paul did, Simon. Did you try to do this at your shows or the the beatboxing? We did it. Yeah, we did. Who it. did the beatboxing? Uh, I think Brian, our singer, did it. It was, and uh, I did it in an acoustic version with uh, Carmatis later, and it was fun. I had I played the djembe. No big deal. Wow. Multi-talented. I mean. Come on. We clearly. knew this. Um, are you not a Ben Harper fan? This is who I saw ben at Ben Harper's fine. Like, that's the thing, too, where it's like, I felt like back in the day, there were so many bands where I'm like, oh, this guy? But it's like, I'd much rather take a Ben Harper than, you know. Yeah. Some of the other not so great artists. He had more credible credibility than uh, Jack Johnson in terms of I had music insiders. Yeah, yeah. I had friends who dug like all my buddy Leaf was just like all about 
all these bands, yeah. all those guys he was into. So he'd be like, oh, this is real. Oh, you got to hear this cover. This is really great. So he would kind of curate the music for me and I'd hear it and be like, yeah. But like, it's just weird too. Like I see some of these and I'm like, oh, I never really gave a shit to go deeper into their catalog, yeah. which is kind of a, a, you know, a thing we talk about on this podcast. He's a, he's a great, he's got a great catalog of music and a lot of the deep cuts on these albums, including this one, uh, were amazing. And, uh, he's just a great singer songwriter, super talented slide guitarist. I mean, the list goes on, but it's one of those things where I just kind of I hit a mark where it's like, all right, I've had enough Ben Harper for a lifetime. So there you go. There you go. My next song certified banger. How'd you not pick this? I, I had it on my list of what Marty will have um, only because we had a guest Jim Flanagan on and he had it on his list of songs. Oh, you reacted. Oh, uh, favorably. Yeah. So well, you heard it on Jim's. You're going to hear it again. Jim Flanagan. Yep. Bob bombs over Baghdad. It's outcast. Come on, this is just like this one they pulled away from a whole lot of people. This would be a song that would come on at like a party or a bar when you're kind of like, oh, I'm so tired and drunk, and then you kind of get like that second wind and be like, oh, okay, here we go. I wouldn't like dance or anything, but I would just be more hyped up at the table. You'd like it more? This song slaps. This is great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I've said on the podcast before, I never got into Outkast. I didn't hate this song. I, it just wasn't, it just wasn't my scene back in 2000. And to this day, like there's a lot of stuff. This to me is kind of like, uh, like, uh, Rob Bass, DJ Easy Right. It takes two. Like there's just these songs that are like timeless. Like you can always play this. For you. Yeah. For everybody. Well, here's the thing. I will say this about the podcast. Uh, I've learned that I, I, my opinions on country uh-huh. have changed, but okay. my opinions on on R and B and rap, I, I still stand by a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I do love, and uh, Outkast is just one of those things where I'm like, like how probably you feel about Ben Harper? It's like, yeah, you know, my friends would play it, I'd be like, all right, cool, but um, put in that uh, G Love again. That's did, what I would say. Did Andre uh, Andre Three Thousand ever play Jimi Hendrix in a movie? Wasn't that always that he was always supposed to play? He was supposed Jimi to Hendrix? play it. I don't know if it ended up ever happening, but I did see the Jimi Hendrix movie recently, and he wasn't. It was some other dude. Yeah, I would assume there's. I, I don't know. That's a wild. He should like there hasn't been more Jimi Hendrix movies. Those movies all kind of stopped. The biopics. People, the interest level kind of you know what? Shit. And I saw there's an article. I don't know who wrote the article on it. But they kind of said, walk hard the Dewey Cox story ruined the biopic. Oh, it uh, ruined it. the line? Yeah. Uh, walk hard the Dewey Cox story. Which is a great movie. So good. But you watch it and it's like all the tropes. They have all the, like whoever watched that really did a great job of watching back every forth. movie. Yeah, yeah. And just right from the beginning when he's like, they're like, Mr. Cox, you're on. He's like, hold on. He's reflecting. He's <laughs> reflecting back on his entire life right now. You're going to have to give him a minute. And it's just like. Oh, so good. Tim Meadows in that movie Tim was Meadows so good. Movie. Tim yeah. Meadows rules in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, it's a great, uh, great concept. Speaking of great movies, yeah, this song is from one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Magnolia, which is number two on my list. Again, this is something I, I was going to start the list with this, but that was like, man, this is too slow. But here it is. <laughs> Amy Mann, save me.
This was the big Amy Mann renaissance. She put out two albums that year. She was like Bachelor number two. She was this. everywhere. Like comics all loved her. She was like doing comedy stuff. She was doing movie yeah. stuff, like obviously with Magnolia. Um, yeah, she was because she was like, had she done solo stuff before? Or was it still? She was until Tuesday. Til Tuesday. Uh, no, she had gone solo recently, okay. and then this album. She had a bunch of songs on yeah. there, and then they did a. Uh, a Beatle or John Lennon cover album. She had a couple songs on there with. Uh, is that the one that uh, Fiona home. Apple? Yeah, was she on? was on there. Um, oh, her husband's Michael Penn. With, I love. Yeah, Romeo and Blue Jeans. Yeah, so good. Such she good and song. him have a. Re- they they did a couple stuff together too. And oh, they, nice. They had a relationship, I think, of some sort too. I thought they were together. Yeah. Yeah. So, Could be wrong. Um, yeah, this man, song's great. This, this song great. was. A, I just fucking love this song. Love the movie. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I would think, with all the shit that you were going through in 2000, that this would have been something. So this, this is, album. This is a very 2000 question. When you went and saw Magnolia in the theater, was it jam packed for Titanic? Oh, I don't know. Because I remember going. Titanic was 2000. Yeah. Oh wow. I saw this movie with uh, two people who wanted to see Titanic and then we couldn't and I go oh shit let's go see Magnolia kind of thinking I was gonna this was gonna be the plan anyway and they were just like what the fuck is this movie like I could tell I loved it and I could tell they were like what is this movie such a good movie yeah um I when I saw the movie um I, I was ex- my expectations were so low because I, I don't remember why but I was just like ah. from a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie after yeah. Boogie Nights? Well, it was Tom Cruise and... Uh, oh, baby, I was ready. I just kind of was Did you see like, any of those fake infomercials they were playing like in LA on TV? No. Like, he was doing his, like... What was it Frank T.J. Mackey? He was doing his, like, character on an infomercial, and you could just... And then you'd call the number, and I think it would just say, like, Movie Magnolia <laughs> is coming out soon, guys. No, no, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I, um... I think it's a great movie, and uh, I did love Boogie Nights too. Um, oh, I, don't I, know. I, I stand corrected. Titanic was ninety-seven. What, what movie would it have been? Something in two thousand. There was some gigantic movie that you couldn't get in, and we went and saw biggest movies of two thousand. Yeah, what are you gonna do? We'll figure it out later. Um, yeah, I, this is one of those things where when people s- say that they love this movie, I'm like, okay, I feel like there's a certain cult following to this. It's interesting because it's like it's not super rewatchable. Like if it comes on though, which like when would it ever come on? It comes on still like on weird channels, I guess. Yeah, but like it's not like it's ever on Netflix or anything like that. Castaway was out in that year, maybe. Almost Famous, no. Best in Show, wow, nice. I just watched a bunch of Christopher Guest yeah. movies. I don't know. It was one of those. It was jam packed, and and we couldn't get into a, one of those movies, huh? But anyway, yeah, I don't know this. This is great. Love the movie. Love Love Amy Mann. His music, uh, he's, I think like, everyone always says, oh, Tarantino's got like the best music in his movies. But like, man, Paul Thomas Anderson, best he's such good music in his movies. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, well. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was, with the music. Yeah, I mean that, you can't listen to Sister Christian. But like, I love how, uh, 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 William H. Macy, when he's driving around, they always play that. 
dreams can come true. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do. I love that he's just driving around in this shitty little car playing that weird song, like just like a pop song. And then, uh, and then Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp in Boogie Nights too, where he he goes nuts. And, yeah, uh, it's just like yeah, seventy nine music and movies, the best. Hey man, hey, agree with that. Um, actually, that was. In 2000, that's when I started dabbling in music supervision for movies. So I would, I would watch these movies and be like, this is what I want to do. And uh, Wait, music supervision in movies? Yeah. We, and uh, there was a CD on this counter of uh, a movie that I helped do the soundtrack for uh, called Summer, Winter, Winter, whatever. I should probably know it. Captain and, America, uh, Winter Straight Soldier. to movie. Straight to, straight video. to video. Okay. Um, winter, Fuck. I don't know. It was right here before. I but do wonder, like, there's times where I'm like, God, why don't you get better, like, hungry bands that have great music? Well, they would they would do, uh, for that one, we use a lot of bands that were on Fresh Tracks, uh, which was a local uh, music company, record uh, label. Oh, okay. And uh, they so asked kind of like the Apple Music, like, yeah, I had free some domain. Of the, I had some of the bands on the list, and then uh, I kind of wanted to get into that. And uh, the one dude that was in it was Stifler. Stifler uh, from American Pie was in the movie. That was the one claim to fame. Oh, and cool! I, and I found a couple of the albums. Winter, Winter Break. God damn it! Thank okay. You. Anyway, go watch that movie, or at least uh, if you want a free copy of the CD on Compact Disc. Okay. I've got twenty four of them. There you go. So, that's what we got to talk about. What what's what do you got next here, Marty? Oh man, this is a classic. I never heard this song. You've before. never heard this song? No. It was in movies. I think a couple movies. Okay. Uh, let me just play this so people know. Oh yeah, right there. Real weird video, real low budge. This is Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. This is just, and this is another artist I never really got into. She's like from Canada, just weird. What's her biggest hit? Probably this. Okay. But like, listen to that. Come on, man. And then here comes my favorite opening line of a song ever. Wait for this one. The kids to bed. Sucking on my titties like you wanted me, calling me all the time like Blondie. Check out my Chrissy behind it's fine all of the time. Like sex on the beach. Dude, if this song came out today, it would be like the biggest song ever. Um, it sounds like uh, it's gonna go into a rap song, like uh, Two Live Crew. Sure. Remember that sure. they have a song? Sure. Very similar. And I was sure. like, I want to know what she looks like. What does it matter? Just I'm just curious, music, man. You've never heard this song ever? Mm-mm. This was a fun one to put on, like, at a bar. Oh, that's not what I picture her looking like at all. The video for this is pretty fun, too. Yeah? He's like old clips and stuff. Yeah, this is just one of those songs where I don't know how I heard about it, but it was like, okay, let's get this one off of Napster, and here we go. And it was on all sorts of mixes because it was just such a fun song. When it would come on and people who people who knew it would just be like, they would lose their minds. How did you How did you hear about it? I don't know. <laughs> the cool cool kid network. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just the cool kid network. Just, I, n- I never heard any of this, so. Oh, yeah. I believe you. Yeah, and it was like, she was like an underground artist because it's like MTV camp. Yeah, and there's no way to even clean this song yeah. up. Well, the name of it too has fuck, so. I mean. Yeah. This is a cool part of the song. Because it's the best. Like, just a weird song. It, it reminds me of the. And, and and I know people shit on Two Live Crew now, but at the time, Two Live Crew was one of those rap bands that I did Dude, like. Dude, if you listen to Two Live Crew now, it's like it's like a comedy album. It's yeah. so funny and so over the top. And like. 
some of the rap, some of the rhymes are so obvious, but it's like, well, you know, we needed to rhyme a song with like titties or something. It's just like so silly. The uh, the song "Fuck Novaro" is the song this reminds me of. Okay. Like same kind of yeah BPMs, everything. Yeah. Beats per minute and uh, and it and the and the, her phrasing also. I thought when it started, I was like, is she sampling this, and then I was like, I had to go back and be like, no, the years don't match up. Yeah, man. I believe you. Well, my third song actually was Bohemian Like You. Oh, I thought it was fourth, okay. but, I, but I remember I had to make a change because uh, I didn't put Weedus on there. And the reason why, that's something I want to talk about too. Weedus Dirtbag, Teenage Dirtbag wasn't on it because in 2000, I didn't like the song. I like the song now. Oh, like, okay. I like, so did you, ever, did you have that problem at all? Or was this like these uh, songs that you think are still all bangers? Um, you know, there were a couple that I saw on those on some of the lists, and I, I, I'll be honest, I threw this list together pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was putting it off, um, and at that other afterwards, this was your idea always, this year. Two thousand was my idea. Yeah. Holy shit, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. You were you were uh, heavily medicated when yes. you picked that year. Yes, I was. Uh, two thousand. Let's do two thousand. Pause. It's a good year. Um, I don't know, man. I think a lot of these songs uh, for me were just. They were the songs, and I and they just stick out of that of those lists. Like, there's other songs on these lists where I'm like, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. But these yeah. were like the songs. Okay. Well, this next song, uh, my fourth, um, fourth on my list, yeah. is uh, a band which I thought was going to blow up. Um, they were from Sh- from Champagne. Greatest thing to come out of Champagne since Ario Speedwagon. Um, not hum. Not hum. Wow. Actually. Matt Talbot had a, a big part in produ- the singer of Hum produced this band. Okay, and I was I work with them closely, thinking I, I just and they, I love these guys so much. Uh, a couple of them have gone on to do other projects um, that are amazing, but anyone that was around in nineteen ninety late nineteen nineties, early two thousands knew this band. They were a lot of hype about Absent Blind, and this album came out. Uh, Breathe the Screen. It was one of my favorite songs on this album that came out that, that year. When I first heard this, I thought it was the flies. Got you where I oh, want yeah. you. Very similar, yeah. So you hadn't heard of this band, I assume? No. Um, this sound was... Uh, late 90s feel right they yep. stuck to it very poster children very smashing pumpkins very maybe this can be on a wb or a cw show yeah yeah they were at the time they were they were the scene in champagne was growing with poster children hum uh shoeshine boy hell yeah um, so great and uh they had uh, his brothers adam fine and seth fine started this band their sister joined the band she started a separate project they were signed by parasol um yeah such a great album such a great band i I just wish more people know about them but two of the members turned into headlights which became a big band for a while and um you know aaron fine was in that band singer they had so many great people i'm trying to see if matt talbot produced this one but 
Anyway. Yeah, they were one of the greatest things. Hey, man. I understand. This album was I great. Understand. Their albums before. I don't know. I know 2000. Of, I know a lot of times we had our hopes on bands. Uh, you think they're, they're going to be huge. It's undeniable. Here we go. And then it just doesn't happen. Which, yeah. Which sucks. Uh, for my next artist. Um, speaking this, of undeniable. Speaking of undeniable. Uh, this is another one, too, where it's like, this is very 2000s for me because... This was another phenomenon in 2000 where you'd hear, okay, this is coming out and then you would either get it or this, this is weird. Like I, 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 this is, it's Eminem, the real Slim Shady. But I remember, um, you would with like, especially big songs like this, it's like you would watch the, remember, um, MTV making the video and they were just yeah. on location doing a community documentary. Well, they would do it before. And then they would do the in five, four, yeah. three. And this is like they did a goof on this in the video. This is uh, the real Slim Shady. Just a dumb, a dumb song. Man, but the I video, just, too, I remember. I just love this dumb song. And uh, they did a spoof of making the video. They had like 50 this. of him yeah. during the video. And yeah. they did it. He did it live at the Video Music Awards. Which John Cena stole at a WrestleMania oh, really? years later. Yeah, John Cena did that. I think in Detroit, he Just like drove a, a car like a, through the streets of Detroit, and then uh, pulled up, and then got out. And there were all these John Cena impersonators with their hats on and jean shorts and heads down. Yeah, and this was cool at the video at the VMAs. That was kind of the thing too. It's like back in the day, 2000, kind of the peak of it, where it's like you have the big album, you have the big video, and then you do it at the MTV VMAs. And it's just like, wow, could you believe what so-and-so did? And it was just like, to me, this is just like peak 2000. This was like the year where Eminem, I remember Eminem come out earlier, uh, a few years before, and I was just like, this guy's, I mean, I was just, Dude. didn't take him seriously, didn't think anything was going to happen. Well, how did you first hear about him, or when? Uh, just through VH, uh, from MTV and VH1 playing them, to be honest with you, because obviously the stuff I listened to on the radio wouldn't play this stuff. Yeah. So I, I just kind of thought he was a joke. And then I saw this when he did the VMAs at this time i was like okay he's in on it even with the dr dre stamp of approval yeah. see i was like i remember i was at in milwaukee again this was years earlier though uh and they used to have this record store called atomic records great record oh store. yeah and uh, just a great record shop and i remember i was buying some stuff and the guy was like oh help yourself to any of the freebies and it, there was a god if, i would only imagine how much this is worth if i had it right now it was a cardboard VHS cassette with styrofoam in the inside and the and an actual tape of just uh my name is Slim Shady. Oh no way. And you put it in your VCR and it would play. Uh and I remember being like, this is pretty cool. Obviously VHS was probably done the next, you know, year or something, but I always remembered like damn and it had the like hello my name is Slim Shady like cover thing on it. On it. And I, once I saw Dr. Dre, I'm like, Dr. Dre? And I was like, and he's like, yeah, this is white kid. He's like a rapper. And I was like, I'll try that, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and I just freaking loved it. Yeah. Loved no, it. I, I just, I thought it was a joke. And I it just, at that time, I was at the point where I was like, I thought rap wasn't going to stick. I was like, yeah. oh, you know, this is, this isn't real music yeah. and whatever. And then when I saw the video, I was like, okay, he's in on it. He's sure. not taking himself seriously. I thought it was cool. And then 8 Mile changed it for me where I was like, I fucking love that song. And I was like, okay, this is cool shit. It is kind of funny to hear him on all these old albums, like calling out like boy band guys yeah. and like Moby. And so it's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. No, um, I agree. I just, I, I just, I didn't find at the time, if you go back to 2000, 
people like me were like old old boomers, yeah. as you say, where I was just like, eh, this isn't real credible uh, music. But then you see that they don't take themselves seriously. And then he put out songs that were like really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of his songs that weren't the big singles that like hardcore Eminem fans are like, you got to hear about this and this yeah. song, this song. And I'm just like, well, it's like the ones they played on the yeah. radio or the videos. But I never really got. I, there's a couple times where I'll put on his old albums if I'm in in the car do, or doing some work uh, or whatever. See, yeah. See the thing, like people are like, "Well, what do you work out to? Like, what do you work out to if you don't listen to like rap or R and B stuff?" And I'm like, I work out to like slow, depressing. That's weird. Heartfelt. That's real weird. The emo national music. Yeah. Yeah. Like my last song uh, is what I, I work out to this song because mm-hmm. it just it's like painful and it, it reminds me of like heartbreak and it makes me work out wow that's you gotta talk to a therapist i think paul that's a little sad well i don't know if 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 there's the opposite of slim shady eminem it'd have to be the last song on my list which i'm so glad that 2000 was when this came out uh ryan adams put out one of his greatest uh albums uh, heartbreaker i thought this was going to be on your list i thought you were going to have it so i had a, a backup song yeah, I thought I don't know. I thought that you had. I thought that's. I didn't think. Bo, I was surprised that Bohemian Like You was our yeah. Venn diagram. I mean, I if, thought, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, of course, Paul picked this song because <laughs> you've literally mentioned it on every episode of this podcast. Uh yes, this is my uh, favorite song of all time. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, "Come Pick Me Up" by Ryan Adams. Probably the most played song on my iTunes list, most played song on my guitar, most played song of all time. In your gym, (laughs) in your home gym. In my cassette player. But yeah, I just, this is a timeless song for me when it came out and now, 20 years later. And I could sing it too, so it's like, it's fun to play when I used to use my guitar as a wooing technique. Oh, yeah. And then if I was like, did you write that? I'd be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I sure did. <laughs> Not So, yeah. No Ryan Adams songs on your list. No. What, uh, this was the, the album after Gold? No, Gold was after this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say I only heard of Ryan Adams. That was the first time I heard of Ryan Adams yeah. was Gold. When everybody, all the music magazines were like, yo, this guy. If going back to what you said earlier, if 9-11 didn't happen, I wonder what would have happened to Ryan Adams because he his song that put him on the yeah, map was New York, New York. New York. New York. Yeah. And if you watch the video, it says when you first watch yeah. it because the Twin yeah, Towers on yeah, the back, yeah. this was filmed September 10th or whatever, yeah. days before. So, yeah. Well, I mentioned on the podcast changes. before there's that uh, – uh, Who's the band that you refuse to like that me and Matt Drufke thoroughly enjoy? They might be Giants. They might be Giants. There's that yeah. They Might Be Giants documentary, and it's like their album was coming out on 9-11. Oh, 9/11 yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, no, this is this is, this is is good. It sounds like the beginning of it especially really sounds like Gold. Yeah. Like that he was kind of like... Gold was... Uh, was this his first solo album? No, he, um, man, I'm not sure. Heartbreaker was... The first album that put him. Were on you the into map. Whiskey Town and stuff? I was. Okay, wow, I love deep. I love uh, Whiskey Town, and then How'd I you hear about Whiskey Town. Uh, they played him on XRT. Really? Yeah. Wow. So 
um yeah i i was just a fan of i i think yeah you uh this was the first album yeah because demolition was 2002 okay and then gold was uh 2001 so heartbreaker was his debut as they say Man, he just put out so much yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, three much. albums in three years. That's a lot. Well, he puts out, He, I mean, later later he put out, like, he was putting out double albums. I wonder how long did it take him to put together that Taylor Swift cover song album? 1989. Came yeah. out in uh, 2015. So he slowed down a little bit later in life, but... I wonder why. Uh, he was busy you know, fighting he another was, battle. Yeah. He had a... He was on the works of doing a white album response with Liz Fair. I'd heard about that. Yeah. So still, still a big fan. I know uh, it's not popular to say, given his. I'd feel he, is he like considered more of like a sex pest? Yeah, the stuff that he did. Well, was, but he did like kind of like I'm like helping people's careers and stuff. That's where it gets a little murky when it's yeah. like you can. Hey, yep. let me help your career and and take you on the road and stuff. That can start to get pretty. Well, the he allegations. was like a, a whiner of like, I'll kill myself if you don't come over. Yeah, if like, you don't call me back. That was yeah. some of the emotional shit that he did. Uh, the Mandy Moore stuff was his, that was his wife. And uh, she was, he was. What did he do to Mandy Moore? S- uh, psychologically was also on the list of 2000. abusive. She was on the list of 2000. Yeah. Um, he was just psychologically abusive. Saying, Probably derailed her career she a little bit. What's that? Derailed her career a little yeah. bit. Well, no, not no? at all. No, I think he was just. I mean, she was made her out feel those pop songs. And yeah, stuff. he was making her feel shitty, probably for not those songs, not being a true musician, artist, um, or true artiste. Yeah, as you say. But then uh, he did the stuff where he was creeping on uh, an underage bassist girl, a girl who was like eighteen or. That was getting into catch a predator stuff because he knew yeah. he was being bad, and he's like, "This can't. If this yeah. gets out, I'm in trouble." He's and like, that's I feel like R. Like, Kelly. Yep, that's where he yep. fucked up. Yep. Uh, but the stuff with the Phoebe Bridgers, they had a they had a relationship that was. Uh, that was consensual and he was just kind of a creepy dude but hey you love the song i do love the song <laughs> gotta separate the artists from the i mean what do you do what if you find if listen, you found out alkaline i was trio, i was i and, and I, I apologize for no alkaline trio on this so. yeah surprise uh, as well they did have stuff on there i was that was a decline okay yeah. uh nah, i don't know <laughs> what are you gonna do but um uh i remember I mean, I was just I was just watching a documentary with Sarah, and she was like, "This guy's bad." I'm like, "Well, it was the '60s, and he wasn't bad yeah. in the '60s. Not this, not Brian Adams, just a, a, another guy." But it, it's just one of those things. Yeah, of course, it's like you know, art and the artist and the art and all. You the have shit. to give it's him a tough. chance to respond to their bad behavior. I yeah. mean, some of the stuff is obviously irreproachable. You can't sure. approach R. Kelly about the shit he did and the allegations against Michael Jackson. Paul, if only there was a song that put men in their place for being bad. I, I wonder I think what there it was. would sound like. Probably like this. <laughs> Dude, this song, uh, this just this is uh, uh, Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. Uh, this reminds me of bartending at this little dive bar in Indiana. I felt like, man, oh, man, this freaking jukebox, there was, it might have only well have been five songs on it. And it was just like, this was one of them. Where it was just like, God, you guys just keep playing the same songs over and over again. This lady used to play this song every fucking day when she would come in. And she came in every freaking day. And it's just like whenever I see this, and it's like, oh, boy. But I still love the video. The video is fantastic. 
It wasn't it the guy for, there was some Dennis Franz yeah, is that yeah. it from or Farino Franz the guy from uh, NYPD Blue yeah the little Chicago ch- chubby guy, guy right? Chicago guy but anyway uh, that rem- reminds me of that yeah I, I this is what I think of with Dixie Chicks is these are the songs I was like oh, they're just so pop countryish and I was like oh I don't like it and now I love them because yeah. of the stuff that that uh, this is a good story song too where the cops are just like well there's not really much we can do and they're like. Okay, and then her friend's like, let's fucking kill this dude. And then there's a great line. It's like, he went missing, but no one missed him. Yeah. And it's just like, great, he's just a piece of shit. No one's going to miss this dude. I like Gaslighter better. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story, too. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think that, uh, I, I wonder what's going to happen on the other side of COVID with them because they put out that album. Yeah. And it was getting a lot of critical yeah, attention. Yeah, they were getting some momentum. And it was like, who do you match them up with, you know, on tour? Like, you, who would, how would you do it? Because they're not going to sell out stadiums anymore. You sure? I don't think so. Weren't they on the decline before? But they've been gone for so long. Yeah. And they had all that political shit. I and now pe- everyone's like, oh, you guys were right, and we're sorry, and we'd love to see you with somebody, but you pair them up with the right younger act, and it's just like that's what home I was, run. So here's that's funny you said that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Number one, in the you can't go to the pure country community because they're they've kind of you know, there are people that are very enriched in politics and or they don't like to, when people yeah. speak their mind. But then on the other hand, you have artists who would not be there would be no Taylor Swift if there, if there wasn't a Dixie Chicks, in my See, opinion. I, uh, right out of the way, out of the gate, I was like, "Boy, Taylor!" But Taylor Swift doesn't need any help selling out stadiums, right? So but that's I the whole point. It's like, you would need she somebody, have them open up? You need somebody, and I mean, they might say like, "We're not opening for Taylor Swift." I don't know. You never know. There, there would be some ego. Who would there. You, so it would have to be someone on that on that tier that's like on the cusp of making it big that needs to get. The, yeah, uh, and I don't, and I don't necessarily think it has to be. Uh, yeah that's what i'm saying is i'm thinking of someone that's like i still cradling it i still don't understand why they don't have the lilith fest lilith fair again i don't understand that seems like there's too many it was too much of a joke for so many people so many now it's just like i can't understand it uh where are you sarah mclaughlin maybe she's busy with those commercials maybe um yeah i don't know i there's there's probably plenty of people they could uh they could pair up with they should do it well they did that tour that was ready with alanis morissette liz like fair haim Haim, they could Haim, yeah Haim. were they on that tour too I no they so. were on the uh, uh blue jeans committee documentary oh yeah uh, a documentary now okay uh she actually one of the one of the women in that band sings for uh bill Hader. oh okay that's the rumor yeah, in, uh, in I love Haim too, but they—that was a band I saw live. I love them, but yeah, they should—they should pair up something with these guys. Someone that's on the cusp, or maybe one of those, uh, those guys that uh, who's that? The the guy who sings that song, "Bitches." I ain't deal with when he got off. Excuse me. Uh, he uses it in, in proper terms. Excuse me. Like calling dudes that. Wheeler, but, uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. They could team with uh, for a little. No, they, but I mean they could team with anybody. I don't know. And who knows? That could be a thing where they're just like we're doing the United Center, and they could sell it out, and we'd both go, "Whoa, okay." I didn't. I, I just I don't I don't think they can. I they have to cross over because the country community has unless they make amends with Toby. I think they have their own fan base, and I don't think I don't think they need to worry about the Toby Keith fans of the world. Hmm. I don't know. I'm sure they've got people that are well more qualified 
than us to, to yes. determine who's probably somebody screaming right now being like they were supposed to come to the United Center and I was going to go see them. <laughs> you dumb idiots. I mean, they could also do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have plenty of options and they they clearly decided to take this time off. It wasn't like nobody was listening to their albums and now they got another hit and it's like, oh, thank God we finally have another hit. Like they just took time off, came back, put out Gaslighter. It was huge. It's a you know, big hit. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure they'll be. A-okay. I want to know what their second song is going to be off that album. What were the What were some of the songs that didn't make the cut that were uh, on the cusp for you, Marty? I told you I had Weedist, Teenage yeah. Dirtbag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had uh, what else did I have on there? Uh, the Avalanches, Since I Left You, DMX, I, Party Up. I so I I thought uh, I thought about putting up in here DMX. Yeah. Uh, Pete Yorn was definitely big on my list, but uh, he didn't put anything out in no, 2000. No, I was waiting for because Life on a Chain is, I think, one of the best songs. Amazing. What what Bed, what Pete Yorn did for that style of music is amazing. What, what do he, you mean? What do you mean? Well, what he did, the rumor is, and from what I understand, is he had all these songs that were he played just on his guitar, and uh, um, you know he wrote them all on his guitar. And if you listen to everything on an acoustic and you're a singer songwriter. All the songs sound the same. So what he did was he had a drummer come in, his drummer, and said, play me a drum beat. And then he'd play these songs over all these different styles of drums. So if you listen to all the songs on on that album, mm-hmm. they're all the same. They're, they're all the same style of writing, but if the beats are different. He, he adjusted it to the, to the drums. Oh, okay. So in other words, when you listen to a Bob Dylan album, all the songs kind of sound similar. What Pete Yorn did was he started with the with the rhythm Ooh. and then went back and changed it. Tasty. And, and we did that with uh, some of my bands based on what I heard there. Yeah, but, yeah. big Pete Yorn fan. Uh, Huge he, fan. He's got, Great he guy. He put too. out a new, new uh, album. A new album, yeah. like an EP. Well, he, he has like a strange, project. He did like Strange Condition. It's like a solo song and then kind of like, I think he did like a covid kind of song of like staying home or something. He He's doing something with a... He had a collaboration with some singer too, a female singer. There um, you go. And then uh, Train almost oh, made course. my list. What Train song is 2000? Uh, Drops of Droplets of Jupiter. I think one of those. Yeah. Oh my god. Filter, take a picture was out sure, that year. Sure. Sure. Um, Blink One Eight Two, Small Things. Uh, turns out there was on an album in 1999 and 2000, so I thought yeah. it wasn't fair. I but I would that. have had that. that. What was that? Adam song was on a list. Uh, I was like, okay. Yeah, that was one that I thought was going to be on there. Was it Take Off Your me. Pants and Jacket? I, that was. I didn't really get into Blink One Two other than that. But um, I did. I did predict uh, you would have Dixie Chicks on there and Outcast. Hey. And I thought Story of a Girl. So. <laughs> yeah, almost the almost song, Story of a Girl. Well. Hey. 2000 what are we doing next 2000 Year i don't pick. know what you tell us Year i think we'll, we're, we were talking about doing soundtracks oh, do want to do oh, soundtracks okay what were you gonna say uh yeah we're gonna put a poll up we can always yeah let us know do that. they do polls tell us what you want us to do uh paul marty mix at gmail.com send us your list tweet at us message us uh if you if we missed a song or if anything we said was inaccurate here um we're nothing if we're not accurate but keep in mind also that we're way more accurate than uh Spin and Rolling sure. Stone because they were making lists uh, and including stuff from the year before I mean, and the year after. Where's your pride in your work? Yeah, we're nothing if we're not accurate. These are the flies. Get you where I want you. 98. Um, Two years before Absinthe Line. What's that? Two years before it. Uh, Absinthe Line's second album. Yeah. And uh, 
Third album. This was on that. Uh, what was that? The the faculty. I think this was on the faculty soundtrack, where all the teachers started kill, like killing the students, <laughs> and it was. Uh, I think John Stewart was one of the teachers. What are you gonna do? I just remember he had those classes. Yep. Yeah, this is a great song. And all the people were jumping off the cliff. I like yeah. in the song it goes. Oh, with the buffalo thing they were all too, jumping. right? I don't know about Isn't the buffalo. The, it was a it it was a play on that famous picture of buffalo jumping oh, off the thing. Okay. Well, hey. I think. Great song. Hey. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hit us up. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Make Us a Mixtape.